This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I'm playing at such a high level. I don't want to stop. I want to keep on going. I feel really good. Uh, you, know, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to just go and, you know, not work or, you know, take a couple of days off. Feel pretty good. So I got to keep going. And, you know, I'm also excited to see, you know, how we all look, you know, together. Uh, when healthy and obviously James uh, playing. The next time we step on the floor. So that's going to be uh, something exciting. No lies told. No lies told. As real as Wu-Tang, Joel Embiid. Look, hey, Mike, you know you grew up. You know you grew up in a, in a bad, bad area when it comes to competitiveness. When you got two teams. So growing up in Northeast Ohio, and I was around the Cavaliers. This is pre-LeBron. Okay, this is even pre-Mark Price and Ron Harper and Brad Doherty. I'm talking about way back in the day when they're when they're like second or best player was like Jeff Houston. <laughs> Look him up. You know they had uh, they're excited they had Dinner Bell, Mel Turpin, and uh, and Roy Henson. Goodness. You know, and my dog World Be Free with the mess that messed my shot up totally. But anyway, I had two teams. I followed the Cavaliers, but my second team because the Cavaliers sucked. Uh, my second team was Philadelphia. So I've been watching Philadelphia for a long time and following the Sixers rooted for Doc and Moses and Andrew Tony. Look, man, I've seen a lot of Philadelphia teams, including AI. I haven't seen anything like this. I haven't seen a guy like this carry a team the way he's carrying a team. Now, uh, you can say what you want, like say what you want about Philadelphia. Going forward, I don't know when James Harden's going to finally, you know, bless us with his presence. I don't know. Maybe we'll see him in March or April. I don't know. Well, we'll see James Harden. But in the meantime, in between time, they ain't got nothing. They really, I mean, no, no, no disrespect. Tobias Harris, Maxio. Pretty disrespectful. Fine. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Let me say it another way. They've got one star on the team. They got one star. They got some nice players. One star. And they have no business being in the position that they're in right now. No Ben Simmons all year. The guy they traded Simmons for, Simmons and bench depth with Seth Curry and a backup big and Andre and Drummond, they're all gone. So they've had no Simmons. They trade him for a guy who's not there. And Joel Embiid has been carrying this team all season long. Really? Based on their roster talent? They should be whatever Charlotte's record is. Like Charlotte's like right around 500, under 500. That's who Philadelphia should be. And they're not there because of Joel Embiid. And you can talk about anything else and everybody else in the league. This is what an MVP does. You show up, 
You do your job. I'm going to give you a chance to win the game. And they did it again last night, and he did it again last night against the Milwaukee Bucks okay. and a two-time MVP, Giannis. Allow me to pick a few nits there. Um, but that's, Go ahead. That's pick away. Great uh, setup for some larger conversations, but a couple of things. So you talk about, you were specifically talking about in Sixers history since you've been watching right. the Sixers. Right. You said that you've never seen one guy carry the Sixers like this? One guy. Right, right, right. That team that AI took to the finals? He's doing that, it. Okay, how about this? How about this? I mean, that, okay, that's, like this. That, for instance? Like okay, well, this. Style of play? Like this. What because, do you mean? Stop. Because, really different oh, no, players. No, well, well, what do you mean we say like because, this? Well, okay, but Joel Embiid is playing at a higher level in 2022 than AI was when they went to the finals in 2000. Look it up. Do your little, do your little analytics thing. Do, do, do analytics. Do well, what are you do basing wins, that on? Then? Do war. Do war. I'm basing it on oh. analytics. Oh, you? Oh, really? Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know we were doing that now. Right. Okay, so you actually yeah, check that researched, check that out, and looked up statistics, which you typically scoff at, and you find that in being statistics it's just, are superior it's just to Allen Iverson's. It's just math. Oh, okay. It's just math. It, but you think it's a, it's so? A, statistically it's speaking, might that have something to do it's with the a, different players? I mean, what what statistics it, in particular jumped out how, to you? How about play? How about player efficiency rating? How about okay. the the win share? How about the win shares that he's bringing to Philadelphia? How about a complete game? You know, oh, and, wow. and I, I got to tell what you, what a role reversal! I, I, I got. What do you mean role reversal? What do you mean? I mean what I'm you just, mean? I, like it. I, six six minutes into the show, that's the most I've ever heard you reference statistics. I'm oh, impressed. That, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And Ringo's I, proud I, of I, you. I, 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 I'm offended. I'm offended by that. I always, I, I don't just come up here. You think I just come in and go, like Kanye. More or less. I just come in here. <laughs> oh, that's what you think? That's what you think this is about? More or less. Okay, no. No, I got something. I got, I got, I got facts uh, to back me up. But seriously, uh, Joel Embiid is. If you look at whether it's the eye test, or if you are statistically based, or if you just look at everything, who he has around him, what they're asking him to do, his place in the league. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it like this, uh, this consistently. And that and, and and that's saying a lot because Allen Iverson did play great in 2000 and he did get his team to the finals and get him a victory one victory. But and one and is, one iconic uh, moment can't forget that. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna we're still talking about it little tick. You got a little TikTok commercial out of it as well. But I, I, it's you said the other day Mike that we uh, we got to wait on deciding the MVP. And I'm not going to give I'm not going to say he has the award right now. But I haven't seen Joel Embiid play this well for this long. And he's one of the best players in the NBA. He's one of the five, 10 best players in the NBA. And I haven't seen him like this. And obviously, that's why I said no lies told off the top when he said, I don't want to I don't want to stop because he knows he hasn't been in a stretch like this. I, I thought it was interesting. You remember earlier this year, he said, uh, Kevin Durant, he looked at Kevin Durant, it was funny. He said, Kevin Durant's the only guy in the league I look at and I think is better than me. <laughs> so I was like, okay. 
You own one right now, Joel. But really, he's at he's at that level. He can shoot. He can board. He can pass. He's carrying his team. What are you looking at? You looking okay. at numbers? Do your research before just out, just out of cure. Just out of oh, I do. But then you come with some. Then you come with some in, incorrect stuff that I got to correct. I have to do. I have to do more on the spot because I got to now correct you. Um, but all jokes aside, um, you know, the most fascinating thing uh, when I just just I just want to refresh my memory and it's just basic counting stats. We don't have to go all analytics. It's just basic counting stats on 2000 2001 Allen Iverson uh, who led the league in scoring at 31.1 points per game that year as well as led the yes. league in steals per game at 2.5 steals per game. So that's not even the thing that really just jumps out. What jumps out is that he played 42 minutes a game. Um, that's unbelievable. Efficiency was never Iverson's thing. We know that. Okay. Um, right. You know, and, and, but in mat- as a matter of fact, I'm just going to rattle off his minutes per game from 98-99 to 07-08. This just for shit's and it, it was different, but it was 40, different though. 41-5. It was a different league. For everybody. I know. It was different. I know, but I, but but that's what I'm saying. Like you're just looking at it now versus then. I mean, it's just it's insane. 41.5, I just that's just how much he gave and got out of that body. That little bitty body of his. He led the league in minutes per game. One two, three, four, five, six, seven times. He led the league in minutes per game. I just want to put some respect on Allen Iverson's name. I also think you should put well, more respect uh, on the names around Joel Embiid and at the where, risk where, where of was disrespecting. The where was the disrespect of Allen Iverson? Okay, I can't even front. Okay, I can't even front. Oh, okay, I, I'm not I, saying I you disrespected you. Allen Iverson. I just I just decided I did, to just take this as an opportunity to you know why you, you kind of did, but it was under the no, guise no, not, not of, 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 of of not kind of of celebrating Joel Embiid. I take it from somebody who tends to go too far from time to time. You just took it a step too far in praising Joel Embiid. You kind of minimize what Iverson did in 2001, but I know you meant no, you know it wasn't intentional. Yeah, I was did. it intentional? No, it wasn't oh, intentional. Okay. You, you know why? You know okay, why? why was it? Because I was like, because I used to see him. I like, you know, I was covering the league. I used to see him up close. And, and let me just say, everybody, everybody's got their own taste in, in, in music, uh, in, in clothes, in ball players, whatever it is, he was never my guy. Oh, I was okay. never well, that on, explains I was never a lot on, then. I, I was never on AI like that. I was never that on. That explains him like a lot then. So, what do you mean? What, 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 so, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That, explain, that explains why you would be so dismissive of his season. If he was never your guy, if he was never your proverbial cup of tea, then that explains right. why you would. Say, oh, I've never seen anybody do anything like this, or, or do it this way. Right. When they obviously have completely different styles, I was watching. Completely different styles of play. It, again, efficiency was never Iverson's hallmark. But moving on yeah. from Iverson it, versus Embiid, we will. But I'll just say this: just, into that. Just, okay, go ahead. Just, it, it, that's okay. But just for context, Philadelphia then did the opposite of what Philadelphia is doing now. So general manager now and the head coach now says. We gotta bring more people in to support Joel Embiid. 
Back then, Larry Brown was saying, we got to just clear the floor and we got to get all the scores off the floor so AI can really do his thing. So that's why he averages 31 because he had well, what, it, like jo- Eric Snow and George Lynch. Okay, and, 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 here we uh, go. Tyrone Eric Snow, Hill. Phil Ratliff, Matumbo, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Aaron McKee, Aaron McKee, um, George Lynch, you mentioned him, Tyrone Hill, Matt Geiger, Roger Bell. Bruh, you're not going to, with all due respect to that finals team that Iverson dragged to the finals, you are not going to tell me that this group this year is worse, this surrounding cast. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know where you're coming from with this. So now we're arguing about something we shouldn't even be arguing about. This, wait, uh, this wait, supporting, wait, wait. You're, un, you're underrating, and you're underrating Joel Embiid's supporting cast, which is separate and apart okay. from whether or not the okay. Sixers would be what they are or would be where they are if not for Joel Embiid's MVP caliber season. We'll get to that once we put a bull on this. But he's got a better supporting cast, whether it's George Nang, whether it's uh, got better support- uh, Tobias you Harris. You got better supporting. You got better then supporting. Then two thousand one. Then Iverson okay. did, yeah, yes. All and right. when Harden comes back, he certainly will. They traded away Seth Curry. They traded away Andre Drummond. I would take the team yeah. that he has now, that Embiid has around him, than the team that Iverson had around him. Maybe that's me being nostalgic. Because- maybe that's the, maybe yeah, that's yeah, me worshiping so. at the Allen Iverson altar. But I think so. If nothing because else, the there's Kemba a middle Kemba, ground. You crapping on this team this year. If the Kemba ain't yeah, Hall of Fame, okay, because yeah, because Tobias Harris ain't going, <laughs> he, he ain't gonna be there. I, I don't think so. Okay, well, and, and, and right. some other guys won't be there either. But anyway, go ahead, keep going. Go ahead. I don't want to. I don't want to no, derail I, you. Well, I mean, I just you, you just can't come in. I, next time, give me a heads up. You go come in slandering Allen Iverson and discrediting one of their best yeah. individual seasons we've ever seen, taking that Sixers team to an NBA Finals. That I wasn't pre- sure that I, I did not prepare for. I prepared I, for a sorry, lot of things. That I was not prepared AI's, for. Since you got AI's numbers up there, tell me the number that's under 43% that he shot from the field that year. It's, pro- I, I, it's probably under 43%. I just said efficiency, I just said efficiency no, no, was I'm, not his I'm just wondering what it is. I know, I'm, I'm not trying to... What did he I'm shoot from the field that year? What did he shoot from the field? I'm just, I just want to... I just want to... Visualize. He did get to the rim a lot, Bro, so you, maybe it was higher than four. Well, you know we ain't got no research, and now you got me sitting up here. Re- uh, I, I, golly, man! I don't oh, you already had this. it. No, um, no, no. Hey, listen. I, I thought you had the numbers up there, right? Hey, I, I ain't trying to mess you up. I, I ain't trying uh, to throw you off. No, no. This mission already accomplished. I mean, they were fifty-six and twenty-six that year. Yeah. Uh, per game, hey, Iverson. Good season. Field goal percentage. Uh, he shot 42% from the field that year. Shot 42. 42%. Yeah. The second leading score, just just FYI, the second leading score on that team was Theo Ratliff at 12.4 points per game. Matumbo <laughs> that year averaged 11.7 points and 12.4 rebounds. Aaron McKee averaged 11. Tyrone Hill see, averaged 9.6. Eric Snow averaged 9.8. But here's the problem. All right. That ain't anyway. an indictment. That's not an indictment of them. That's an indictment of him. Because that's what, okay. That, well, that's you, what the coach you know said. what? On a, yeah. on, on a Friday, yeah. I'm I, I'm yeah. not going to even entertain your Allen Iverson disrespect. Okay, go ahead. To your go point ahead. about Keep Joel and B, it sounds like, it sounds like you love because it's funny. I was going to ask you to be be philosophical on this Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it might have been an inside the NBA clip I saw, where Kenny may have said something to the effect of, 
DeRozan's the best player in the world, and it triggered Shaq. Shaq was like, wait, what? He's not the best player in the world? Because they were talking about the MVP ballot. And we talked yesterday about how we can't help ourselves from discussing the MVP a week into the season, and then it becomes this, this race that we're trying to call, you know, before they even come down the stretch. And somebody's now forced to catch up with somebody that we've already determined long ago that it was there, it was his MVP to lose. So I said, so they were they were arguing and they got off into an argument about best player in the world. So I, in a minute, I want you to get philosophical. I want us to get philosophical right. about separating MVP from who's the best player in the world. Because that type that yeah, yeah, award yeah. and that right. title oftentimes aren't the same things. And uh, right. the, you know, one of them is is tangible. The other one is very much intangible and a fluid conversation. Okay, but as far as MVP goes, um, it sounds like sorry. Could you say sorry? It sounds like you like the narrative around Joel Embiid. It sounds like you are buying into his story. And the reason I, I fo- I'm focusing on the narrative is because yeah. you could pick and choose everybody's numbers. If, it, if we're right. truly talking analytics, if we're truly talking analytics, nothing's changed from the last time we took stock of the we're MVP race. It's still right. Nikola Jokic, okay? Yep. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is right there. You can make an argument for either of those guys as well as Embiid. And after what Embiid did last night, and by the way, last night's 42-point, 14-rebound, 5-assist game was his ninth 40-point, 10-rebound game of the season, Michael. Come the on, only man. Players, the only Come players on. with more such games in a season this century, so in the last 20 years, Russell Westbrook in 2016-17 had 12, and James Harden in 2018-19 had 10. So Embiid will, ha- will probably, if he stays healthy and keeps performing like this, will probably have more 40-point, 10-rebound games in a season than anybody this century, all right? So, but my point is, and even DeMar DeRozan, whose team is tied for the top of the, uh, tied for the Eastern Conference League, with the numbers he's yeah. put up, especially over the last seven games, one could make an argument yeah. for him as well. I thought you made an excellent point yesterday that somebody, somebody has got to represent the Phoenix Suns in the MVP ballot. And I, I realized, and I don't think we did, that we were remiss for not mentioning Luka Doncic. Chris Paul. I don't think we, I don't. Oh, oh, oh no. Yeah, I already no, said somebody Luka. Phoenix. Luka. Did yeah, we bring yeah, up Luka, Luka yesterday? Uh, okay. Yeah, we brought up. Uh, I don't, I don't yeah. remember if we did. Okay. So point is. Yeah, I think it was a day it's before. A, it's a crowded race. There's a lot of basketball left to be played, but from what you to get to the to, to to focus this conversation a little bit more, based on your opening salvo about Joel Embiid, it sounds like at least for you as we head into the All Star break, it's his award to lose the rest of the season. That's yeah, what I'm, I don't want to go that far. But see, uh, look, I, I think if I had to vote on it today, sure. But yeah, I, you I have never to. really want it. You have to. I, but I don't. But see, yeah, see, and that's sad. Because if you want, you mess with some people like that, you mess with the wrong kind of people. You know, and people say, gun in my head? Okay, like, well, how do we take it there? We're just talking about hoops. All of a sudden, the gun's <laughs> at your head. Like, why, 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 we, uh, why is it that severe? I never want to get so stuck in an argument or so attached to a player especially in February that if, if information changes in the next week to well, the next three weeks, then I said, no, I got my guy. If I had to pick a guy right now, 
it would be between Embiid, who I would have given it to last year had he not been hurt. Embiid would have been my MVP last year, even over Jokic. I know the season he had, all that stuff, historic, great, big man, best passing big man, big man in the game, yada, yada. If Embiid had stayed healthy last year, Embiid's my MVP in 2020-21. Call it right now, I'd say either Embiid. So are you making up for last year? You no, make no, it up I'm saying, no, I'm saying, but this, just, no, no, I'm making up. No, I'm not I mean, saying he would have won it last year. Even sub, but even sub, would he have? I mean, maybe on your I, ballot. I my mean, but, MVP. Oh, that's what. But that's what you asked. Okay, me. you're asking me well, about my okay. ballot, right? All right. No, I guess it just. Okay, I guess it just. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm deducing. But I'm infer. I'm inferring. I'm not suggesting you, that you're you implying, okay. but I'm inferring yeah. that you know this old yeah. Jokic thing. You know, it's like yeah, a little, a little, it almost feels like like you're not really buying Jokic as the MVP. Like you, you have retroactive voter fatigue. Like you, you, like you don't like if he hadn't gotten hurt, he would have been my MVP. As if Jokic didn't deserve it. Like, okay, as if that's Jokic's with the world. Then give him the MVP this anyway, was, even if he does get hurt. It's your ballot, right? So this year you come into this year. And you're, it's almost like you want to give it to Embiid, and that's okay, because well, if, if, if if you, it feels like you just, just you, you really want. You I just know, want to watch the game. Like really want, this, okay. This is this what's wrong with people like you. I'm saying what's people like your people. Okay, this what's wrong with you. Uh, if if I if, if I see ten basketball players, I see ten basketball players, ten worthy, terrific super talented players and I say one of them is MVP. I got to be hating on the other nine. There's no hatred involved. It's not about Jokic. I like Jokic. I just don't think you're giving him his his, his respect. I don't think you're giving him his respect. What am I supposed to do? It just don't feel like it. It just doesn't feel like it. (laughs) Had he not gotten hurt last year, he'd have been my MVP, which makes him my MVP this year. Like, okay, because that's that's how you choose to split hairs. I didn't say I didn't say in a no-brainer, as you said earlier, earlier this year. What did you About say? Jokic? You were even more harsh. I said, I said, you I said, you'd be crazy not to give it no, to no, Nikola Jokic. No, you said it worse. You said worse. You said you'd what be an idiot. Idiotic. Any other vote? Guess, any yeah, other vote yes. would be idiotic. Yes. Okay. Anything less would be there. uncivilized. Okay. Uh, any, Man, listen, I'm in a dude. In the interest, in the interest slight, of time, in the interest of time, because we already over time. In the interest of time, here. I'm just giving you shit. Yes. I'm just giving you shit. I'm just giving I like you shit. It. The answer for me, the answer for me is it depends on which day you ask. And after last night, if I had to cast my MVP ballot today, it would be Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, DeRozan, and Chris Paul. That'd be my five. With apologies Ooh, to Luca. That'd be my five. If I had to do it today. If I had to do it today. And you know, I'll tell you another person. But I don't uh, have to do today, thank at, goodness. I know. And you know, did you mention? Give me your five again. I just want to make sure I heard it. Give me your five. And B, Jokic, Giannis, DeRozan, Paul. That's today. You ask me. You ask me what again happened? tomorrow. It might be a different answer. Uh, oh, Rudy Gobert. What happened? No, no, Steph. Remember, we that were all. That went through. It's, it's, yeah, I know. We, we were running like a hand to Steph at the beginning of the season. He was like the brother from another's MVP, Steph. And then we just came, you know, we just kind of. So let me ask you. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. We'll try to end this with, you know, in a half hour. In the next four (laughs) minutes. We need need to answer this in the next four minutes, okay? (laughs) All right, okay, okay. Um, 
Would you consider this what I, about the, the best player in the world? Mythical mm-hmm. title. Who's the best player in the world right now? Is that Joel Embiid? Or is it still Kevin Durant? Or is it the guy traditionally best player in the world is the reigning finals MVP, provided that yeah. finals MVP is not, no disrespect, Chauncey Billups or Andre Iguodala, no disrespect, provided mm-hmm. the finals MVP is in line with somebody who was in the regular season MVP conversation and is a perennial MVP candidate, is a perennial participant in the best player in the game conversation. Usually somebody who puts up a 50 piece in game six of the NBA yeah. finals is the best player in the world until further notice and he just missed the triple double last night. So is it Giannis? Is it Durant? Is it the guy who in year 19 even though his team is under 500? Is it the guy who yeah. in year 19 for LeBron continues to set career marks? Ooh. Or is it Joel? Ooh. Is it Joel Embiid? Is it the reigning MVP Nikola Jokic? Is it the guy playing the best basketball right now in Demar Derozan? I feel like Magic DeMar Johnson. DeRozan. I feel like I feel like yeah. this conversation yeah, has been one going. long Magic Johnson going. tweet. Just name yeah. everybody, and eventually we'll. Sorry, Matt. I love Magic, but this, it feels like that's what this conversation has become. A Magic Johnson tweet in a nutshell. But honestly, best player in the world right now. Who's playing? Who is it? Giannis. Uh, the best, the best player in the world, the best player in the world is I, for me, is the best player in the league. So best player in the league. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, Who's is, the best player in the Giannis. league? Yeah, Giannis. Is that because Kevin Durant is hurt, or that's because of what Giannis did in the finals? No, I, no. I think Giannis. I think Giannis has. Uh, I think Giannis has passed him. Now, okay. It, has passed we're, we're all on a highway. We're on a super highway. Everybody's got a great car. And we're talking about, yeah. like we were talking about yesterday in the pro football focus conversation. One guy had like a 93 and one had a 93.2. Yeah. We're talking, yeah. okay, this is first world conversation versus 97.47. Yeah. Yeah. It's right there. It's right there. Yeah. But I, I think Giannis can do everything that I need to be done. Do I need him to make threes right now? Obviously, I don't. And, and before Man, last year, but he's doing, he, he doing it, though. He's doing it. He's doing it better. Yeah. He's, he's getting the awfully question, confident though, from the outside. <laughs> yeah, he only took four last night, I think, and it was two of four. Um, they probably could have used him at the end. Maybe, you know, give it to Middleton. Hey, Giannis, remember that, that, that play that they really needed three? Giannis took the ball out, goes to Middleton. He's just kind of floating. They're going to let him. They're going to let him hang out by the three-point line. Yeah. Set up a three yeah. for Giannis to win it or to tie it. But yeah, I think he does everything I need him to do. Boards, defense, uh, scores. Uh, just got the right. Just makes his teammates better. That's the guy. Yeah. Champion. I, I'm not. I think. I think. Uh, I, I'll answer my own question. I think it's still Durant. I think it's Durant. Yeah. I think it's Durant. I think. I think Durant's. The, I think Durant's the best player in the world. Best player in the league. However you want to phrase it. It. It has been. You can roll the music now, Gary. We can go to break. We've. We've. Magic Johnson. This thing long enough. Uh, and shouted out every player in NBA history in one segment. Uh, right, that's, that's <laughs> but, pretty good. Every, yeah, every yeah, sixer, pretty, pretty, pretty every sixer in history. We had we had Allen Iverson like efficiency in this conversation. Um, but we scored with volume shot, though. Shot forty two percent from the field as well. Score thirty one. Yeah, yeah, a lot of shots though. No, but it's still Kevin Durant. He's hurt. There's been drama around his team, but for me, it is still Kevin Durant right now. LeBron had it for a long time. Uh, Durant's taking it. Um, 
Giannis was the best player in the finals, obviously, finals MVP, and he's in the conversation. Embiid's in the conversation. DeMar's the hottest player right now uh, based on scoring and, you know, shooting from the field or whatever, that record run that he's on. Uh, and Jokic is the reigning MVP and is firmly in the conversation for MVP again this year. He'll be in the top three, uh, definitely in the top five. But best player in the, that mythical crown, best player in the world is still Kevin Durant. He just hurt. The only reason you ain't say Kevin Durant is because he hurt and he ain't playing right now. But if he's still playing, he'd be showing you that he's the best player in the world right now. Do me Kevin a favor. Durant. Do me a favor. Since you got that shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. Say, I came to bring the pain hardcore from the brain. Come on, man. Spit some Wu Tang. Or go, give me. Give me M E T H O D man. I think, M E T H O D so man was man. always my favorite member of the Wu Tang Clan. He's my favorite. Oh yeah, greatest feature, greatest feature artist in hip hop history. He's my favorite, Method Man. Yeah. Uh, Liquid Swords but. is my favorite solo album. The most underrated lyricist though, the person who just like his verses. Right, Inspector Deck does not get enough love. Okay, right. and you know, I don't throw around the word underrated a lot. Inspector Deck yeah. is super underrated. So, there's your bonus yeah, musical take as we go There it break. is. I like it. A little music. A little music on the way out. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. You know what, Michael? Let's make this uh, a nice, relaxing Friday and uh, continue to Let's enjoy what we call in this business low-hanging fruit. Uh, and there is no sweeter low-hanging fruit than rankings or lists. Uh, NFL.com ranked all 62 starting QBs from the 2021 NFL season. Uh, Tom Brady checked in at number one. Mm. Aaron Rodgers, number two. Uh, he won MVP, of course. Josh Allen, three. Okay. Justin Herbert, four. And Matthew Stafford, five. Huh. Um, okay. So I want to focus on the Super Bowl winning quarterback and ask it this way. Do you consider, do you now consider Matthew Stafford to be a top five quarterback? In general, this well, is the 2021 rankings. This is the wow. based on performance of 2021. In general, would you go so far now that he has a Super Bowl, now that he has won no. playoff games, he's won four playoff games. Your answer is no, he's not a top I'm five not, quarterback. See, well, here it is. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, why are you hating? Oh, why are you hating? Keep that list up there. Keep that list up there. I'm not hating. But I see some other names. There's only five. I know it's only five. That's why. That's why. There's only five. Only five. I got no problem. Only five. I got. I got no problem with number one. But then again, I guess if we take Tom Brady off the list, because you asked me. No, don't take him off the list because he's not retired. Okay. He's not retired. Tom Brady's not retired. That's right. So Tom Brady. Okay, he ain't retired. So Tom Brady is still in the conversation for top five. I'm on leave. Yes. I'm on leave. Let's assume. Let's let's make this harder. Let's make this a harder thought exercise. Which is which is flattering this conversation. I'm Let's still make on this the payroll. harder by keeping Tom Brady in the conversation. 
So Brady is still I still got active. active. All right. Yes. So I got no problem. Um, the top three yeah, areas. Hey, you know, I, think, I think you can okay, argue the top three. I got, you can't argue the top three. I only have a problem with four. I don't have a problem. The top four I have no problem with. But now, now, now I'm, I'm kind of challenged because we got my man Joe, Joey B. At I think six. any credible list, any credible list has to yeah. have Patrick Mahomes in the top five. You, you, can, you cannot be considered seven. Credible. You cannot. No, no, no. Again, I'm not. Right. I'm not discrediting this list because, again, to stress, NFL.com is ranking the top, the, the 62 starting quarterbacks from 2021. That is not the same as who are the top five quarterbacks in the NFL in general. That's two different things, right. which I'm recognizing. We are having a conversation about the latter. So any yeah. credible conversation about top five quarterbacks has to include Patrick Mahomes. So Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Allen feel like they all belong in the top four. So you're really talking about one spot. That's right. Do you have any? Do you have any argument about the top four? Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, I, Allen, Mahomes, Allen. I have no. Ar- I have no argument uh, with the top four. Although, right. The, you know the what? Only, the only caveat is whether Brady retires, but we're considering him active for purposes of this conversation. Yeah, I think you got to put Mahomes yeah. up there. No disrespect, uh, Stafford. Stafford, uh, come on out. Uh, on this list, I still put Mahomes at five, at least five. Then I put, I think Burrow is better than Stafford. You agree with that? I think Burrow already is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. What do you think? I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I think Burrow's better than Stafford. I hadn't thought about it in uh, those terms. That's why I had to pause. And I want to drag drag 11 into the top 10. You want to drag 11 into He's the been, top 10 and, and move yeah. out Carr, move out Murray? Somebody. But Russell Wilson okay. has to be in the top 10. Based on body of work? Sure. Um, based on even based so, on even last year. Yeah, no, I wouldn't base it on last year. He was hurt, but I wouldn't be not based on last year. Yeah. Um, not for me at least. Burrow, I put I'll go back to Burrow versus Stafford. I would say, like, who would I rather be my quarterback is Joe Burrow. And by yeah. the way, I just want to point out, I just want to point out Joe Burrow number six and Lamar Jackson, number 14. It reminds me of a take from early. Oh, this see, season, but so you can't, but don't I'm, do I'm, this. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm yeah, leave that alone. No, no, your take. I'm just, no, I'm just, but it wasn't a take because you're trying to see no, it was. This is what you're trying to do. You're, no, trying, it was. you're trying to Savion Glover hasn't tap danced like this this well, because what you did at the time, what you said was the Jackson. Well, man. yeah, hey, it I won't said be in time. long. In I said time. in time. Okay, well, time, well okay. the season, oh, look how the season played out. Look how the season okay. played out. I'm sorry if I'm so far ahead until I appear lost. I'm sorry if I'm so far ahead until I appear lost. I said, so far ahead. Let me season, ask you this. I, okay. I said in time, the Bengals would have the best quarterback in the AFC North. So I'll ask you. I'll let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me Joe Burrow right now or Lamar Jackson? Let me ask you. Who would you rather have right now? Is Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson? Wait, wait. No, I asked you first. I'm going to ask you first. Okay. Is Joe Burrow a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson? Is he just better? Joe Burrow better than Lamar Jackson. Period. Forget about the season. Just in general. Ah. Yes. Right now, ah. yes. Right now, yes. Lamar Jackson is still the youngest MVP in NFL history. He is redefining the position. 
I love Lamar Jackson. I love Joe Burrow a little bit more. Doesn't sound like it. Call me whatever you want. Call me whatever you want. But I'm saying like that's that's where I'm at with it. And Joe Burrow has already yeah, gone to places that Lamar Jackson has not. Which is yeah. why yes. I would put Matthew Stafford to answer my original question. I would put Matthew Stafford in the top five. Bro, you gotta get something for a Super Bowl. Like a Super Bowl. You did. Has you got a ring. Do... You go get you go get a ring. But see, see, I don't like I don't like I don't I don't like that approach. This is not, with all due respect, this is not Trent Dilfer. This is not Brad Johnson. No. This is not no. uh, a guy that was along for the ride winning the Super Bowl. This is a guy that won games for them in the postseason. And this is a guy that led them. If, if, if any other quarterback, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Here's your, here's your straw man argument for the day. If all any right, other quarterback, if any other quarterback leads his team on the drive that Matthew Stafford did to win the Super Bowl, this ain't even a conversation. Oh, uh, stop. It's that okay. Matthew Stafford. Other, it's hey. that I told you it's that Matthew Stafford had to come so far in so many of y'all books until y'all can't respect this man for what he is because he's Matthew Stafford. That's that's ridiculous. No, no, it's because seriously, and you know, why? you know why that drive, you know, why so he, he gets that, that five spot for me. They were up. They were up 13 to three in this game. Mind you, they were up 13 to three. And he needed that drive because uh, he had thrown two really stupid interceptions. No, one of them was just really dumb. Go deep, go deep. Well, I got you, dog. Go deep. Okay. And then, the then other one was under receiver's it. hands. Okay. I know. What I about the it. other one? Okay. Okay. So he had three touchdowns and two picks in, in the Super Bowl. So let's not let's stop this. Hey, he led them, and Aaron Donald bailed him out. That don't count. Bailed them all out. Oh my the God. Their That's, defense wow. bailed them out. That's oh, okay. Hey, hey right. were you watching the, the same game? Build I, was watching? I was watching did the they? same game. Did I was they, watching the, the same game. You act, you act, you act, did, okay, well, you can say the offense bailed the defense out. Okay, you act like T. I saw T. Higgins score a 75 yard touchdown. I saw Joe Mixon throw a touchdown. I saw, I, I saw the same game. It's all, it's all in how you choose to, to contextualize it. So clearly, right. you choose right. to continue to contextualize it as Matthew Stafford just stumbled into Once a good again, situation and had see, nothing to do with win. the outcome of this see, season. This is the, this is the, this is the participation trophy. That's how you trophy. want to look at it. This it's proves the participation my point. Trophy, all right, Richard logic Sherman. Coming all right, Richard Sherman. Hey, everybody right, can't Richard win. Sherman. Everybody I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. Everybody I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. I think it's a much more real. I'm not putting everybody in it. Brady. Brady, Rodgers, yeah. Allen, Mahomes, Stafford. In some order. I, I That's not like, necessarily the order. That's the order. That's I, the five. I, I, you win I, I, a Super Bowl. Like, you lead your team on a game-winning Super Bowl drive. That's got to count for something. I love Joe Burrow. I love that Prescott. I love Justin Herbert. Game. But you can't, you can't be above Matthew Stafford after what he just did on, in, the, in the biggest of moments. That, that counts for something. I feel like I want to just give platitudes to everybody. All of you guys, all 20 of you are winners. You're all handsome. You're all great That's guys. That's not what I'm doing. I'm but not, I, I'm not, not putting everybody five. in the top five. But I'm saying, I only got five. So if I don't pick you, it doesn't mean I, oh, I don't like if you. If you wanted to say, no, if you wanted to say Matthew Stafford was not top five, I only got one spot. Because there are five, because there are five better, and there's only got one spot up for discussion, that's fine. Where you lost me, bro, is where you started talking about how he got bailed out. That's the part that I'm taking exception with. He started like he was just lucky. He was just fortunate. Good thing he was on a great team. Good thing he's got Aaron Donald. He was because Aaron Donald was the one throwing no look passes to Cooper Cup over the middle. 
No, no, right? not that's Stafford. What, that's what you're and me. I got to tell you, for part of the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, he looked a little nervous in the service there. He, he really, he was making some bad, he was making some bad passes and making some bad decisions. You agree, right? And then he went on that drive. They, they did a great job on that drive. And if you, if you watch him in the third and fourth, or third, all of the third and early fourth, you're like, oh man, it's not happening. Matthew Stafford's about to blow this thing. Came up big when it mattered most. But there were some shaky moments. I'm glad uh, he wasn't while the, we're on the subject. I'm glad he wasn't the MVP. Yeah, while we're on the subject. No, that oh, would have yeah, been, yeah, been, been problematic. I, but why, I know where while you we're on the subject, go ahead. Go ahead. I do. I just, ahead, just, to, ahead, just to put a just to put a bow on yesterday's controversy and conversation. I was glad to see the Rams and the Staffords step up and pay for the photographer's med- medical bills. Very classy. Bravo. Very classy gesture on both their parts. Okay. Okay. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. No, nope. I'm not going to be that dude. I'm not going to say it. But I will say this. Um, perhaps, perhaps they heard from people. They heard from a lot of people. And it really spurred them to do something. As you said, it is classy. It's classy. But beyond classy, can we say how generous it is? Can we use that word too? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very, and, 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 it's, and it doesn't very, matter how much money he has. It's still generous. And, I hate it when people be and, like, oh, you got so much money. That's a drop in the bucket. It's just, it's, it's, it's chump change. No, no, no. That was, a, that was generous. Yeah, right. generous. Yeah, because when people say that stuff to me, I say, all right, so what percentage uh, of his salary was it? Like le- less than, it might be less than 1%. It may be a half percent. When's the last time you gave 1% of your salary, to put it in context, or a half percent of your salary for something? So, you know, folks criticizing the rich for doing these things. Are, are we, are we, us down here in the valley, are we also generous? Or oh, we don't have to be generous because we're not rich. Is that the logic? Anyway, I want to say this about Matthew Stafford, the generosity, and this is going to be a controversial word considering the injuries. It was unnecessary. It's unnecessary. He didn't have to do it. He was not obligated to do this because Matthew Stafford didn't. Oh, oh, right. Well, I hope so. I hope that's what that's what makes it because that's what that's what charity should be in many respects. Well, that's what I'm saying. But the way people were talking about Matthew Stafford, they acted as if he pushed her off the stage. He ain't pushing by people. You mean me? Hey, no, no, no. I'm talking about the so the social media, the social media pushback. That no, I had a, I had a problem with it yesterday. Kelly ha- have gotten from this. Okay, I had a problem with it. Away. No, it's not social media. Okay. It's whatever this is. I had a problem. Well, with it. Oh, you and you too. And these you too, these two things can be mutually too. exclusive. Hopefully they hopefully this wasn't a PR play. Hopefully this was what well, probably the Stafford's was. doing. No, I see. And I don't want to right. discredit the gesture, but it's not a discredit. But, Hey, look, well, I, I, I'll say it this all way. Reason I say if I got a charity, if you support yeah. my charity for PR purposes, if you're like, if I'm, if I'm helping it. out kids I, who need money and all this stuff, okay, go ahead and do it for your PR purposes. I'm getting what is, I need. So, that's but fine. this is what the Staffords do in general. That's why I say I don't want to discredit it. Like, if if Matthew Stafford had not been there, let's say Stafford hadn't been there and she fell, I could have seen the Stafford stepping up and doing this anyway. Based on their track record, I wouldn't. It, would, it wouldn't surprise right. me to see him do that. 
So that's one reason I say I wouldn't want to discredit by saying they're just trying to win over PR points by doing the right thing. They typically do the right thing. So just the last thing I'll say on this before we unless you have something else on it is it could have been a bad look to walk away from the photographer falling on the part of inebriated Matthew Stafford and it could be consistent with how they do things for the Staffords to step up and and do the right thing a generous classy thing out of the goodness of their heart. Both things can be true. I choose not to connect it because I think that would be diminishing the gesture. If it's like, oh, they only doing this to try to get people off their backs. No, they would have. They do that in general, from what from what I get. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, well I'm glad. You know, I'm, it does make sense, and I'm glad they're generous people. Yeah. Um, but I just want to make sure, like going forward, what we're doing now is we're just judging the actions of the inebriated, and then saying whether it's good or bad. Yeah, you, know, you know, people are drunk, the intoxicated. We're just going to judge the intoxicated as if that's just normal. That's what we're doing now. Okay. No, that's how we do it now. We've always done that. And I don't want to get too deep, but there are situations where somebody being drunk is not an excuse. I'll just leave it at that. Um, oh, right. Well, ooh, ooh. I'll just leave it at that. I, 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 we, yeah, okay. we, I won't open up that box. I'm just saying people being drunk yeah. has never been an excuse, but I'm not con- I'm not comparing what Stafford did to some of these other situations. I'm simply saying, yeah, this is not a new thing. Um, it's been a long time. We've done the comment section. It's been weeks since oh, we've done comments. a comment section. Oh, what? Um, one, because we, we travel a lot. Uh, two, we take a lot of days off. Uh, three, Brandon Newman is no longer uh, playing zone coverage at the crib with Michelle. It is now man-to-man because Brandon is in the multiple child club of fathers. Mm, mm, Congratulations. Mm, mm. Good to see you. Mac. Thank you. It's, it's Carter yes. and Mac. Mac yes. Carter has yes. company in the form of Mac. That's a great name. Uh, good to Amen. see you, man. Appreciate been a long you. time. Uh, How's everything you going? You want to start with the How's Super Bowl? Uh, everything's going well. How's it going? How's it going with the kids? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm here. I, I say that. And y'all got to bear okay. with me. You know what I'm saying? New daddy, too. Things going a little bit slower. You know what I mean? Y'all know so how it is. That's us every day. That's us every day. Man. So, weigh in on the Super Bowl, uh, whether it's from what the people are saying or, or, or your response to what we've been saying. Um, what's, the, what's the word in these comment section streets on the Super Bowl? The brother from another Well, obviously, street. everybody in the streets still talking about 50 Cent hanging upside down. You're talking about people doing things inebriated. We saw Snoop Dogg took a little hit before he had his immaculate uh, performance in the Super Bowl uh, with, on Dr. Dre, with Dr. Dre Day. But this comment specifically is talking about this last Super Bowl. It said it was I. Odie's nights. Still Ooh, best in order, says Paul Bruno. Bennett. Is Bruno, Prince, Michael, Beyonce. Now that's got me thinking, what's your Mount Rushmore of Super Bowl halftime shows? Because I throw this one up there. <clears throat> Excuse me. As soon as I saw I it, it, I was like, this is up there, right? So so for me, I'm going to go Michael Jackson, then Dr. Dre, then Janet, Justin, Nelly, Diddy, Super Bowl uh, 38, everybody remembers that, and then Beyonce, 47. Shouts out to the Ravens, bringing it home. Well, Mount, the, the good news about Mount Rushmore, Michael, is you don't have to order them. You can just pick four. Right. True. Um, picture, true. Picture. Yes. So Excuse I, me. So I yes. would pick. I would. No, that's okay. I'm just saying this takes pressure off. I would. I would put Prince, Michael, Beyonce. He may have it. And this. And, and this joint. And I, but I would. Hey, I would hey. put this one we just saw. Hey, hey, hey Paul. But, but this is what I know about Paul Bennett. Appreciate you, Paul. You talking about oldies night? You bringing up Prince, 
from like right. what, 15, 16 years, six, 16 years ago. You're bringing up Michael from like 30 years ago. Right. Bruh. Hey. <laughs> but Dr. Dre is too old as man. Now. You, you ain't 17. Okay, Paul. So I do think, with us. I do think for us, there is a lot of nostalgia in terms of how the regard. I mean, the Chronic was the first CD I ever got on BMG. You know, like this is music I was listening to on headphones because my mama wasn't having it in her house. You know, parental advisory, explicit content. Like that's how far back I go with these yeah. with these acts. I would say this, man. It reminded me of the Hard Knock Life tour. Remember that, Mike? Mm. Um, yeah. Back in the day, I remember driving to Atlanta on the Hard Knock Life tour, and it was like Jay Z, it was DMX, it was the Locks. Like this halftime show, I don't want to overstate it. I don't remember a halftime show with this many headliners. Like any of these people are headline acts that was in this halftime show. I would go to a concert with any of these individuals, let alone one show. So this has got to be on the Mount Rushmore. Got to be. That's a great point. Mm. I like that. All right. All right. And obviously, yeah. Mary J. Blige with her thigh meat. Mary. Mary. Bruh. She's still, up, Mary? still got it. Kendrick was the yeah. Kendrick uh, when he did all right. That was the best. That was the best number uh, in the set. All right. Uh, any I other? On that one. Um, any other comments? That yes, you yes, yes. For us, Brandon, on any other subject? Yes, uh, a lot. Maybe it's been a long time. We maybe, got a lot. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next week we can jump into the uh, Stafford uh, J- Joe Burrow argument because a lot of people popping off about that just <laughs> recently. But right now, James Harden the Sixers, Ben Simmons the Nets. A lot of heat coming from obviously t- uh, two, two, two. True story, excuse me, true story said the creative dancers in Philly are sure in for a huge pay raise. College tuition is covered. (laughs) Shout out to creative dancers all ever everywhere around Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. I I, I think I think I think that limits James Harden. That limits his range. I mean, because James Harden don't (laughs) he he not restricted to the home he's not restricted to the home market. I mean, James Harden okay. has shown that he will go That's where true. the action is, he wherever he in. needs he to gets go. It in. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Go ahead. Make a wish yeah. foundation for creative dancers. Um, next was uh, CD. Uh, he said. Oh, actually, let's let's go to this one because I do think this is the case as well. Uh, significant nobody said Nets will win before Philly. James and Joel will clash. And if you're looking at receipts, that's what James Harden does with these stars. That's true. That he does, he does. He 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 uh, he causes uh, he causes a little chaos, especially lately. Lately, I, you know, Mike, I feel like James Harden is searching for something. I don't know what it is. Probably not a championship. He's just searching for, I don't know, relevance. I, something I don't know. new. I'm not sure. It's just, just new. It's just. He, it's just I, I, really and I know strange. people like this. I know people years. like this. He, some dudes like, or some people just like have short attention spans and they'll say all the right things when they have to say all the right things and eventually they just fall out of love with whatever it is they're doing or whoever it is they're with. I wonder, this is what I wonder, just trying to be, trying to give him the benefit of the doubt in this respect. He's, he's, if he wants to be a free agent or if he plans on getting another big contract, at a certain point, doesn't this act get old, even for him? And doesn't he realize, all right, it didn't work in Houston with all these other co-stars. I forced my way out of Houston. You know, I tank, I take my way out of Houston at the end. I got what I wanted. I take my way out of Brooklyn at the end. I got what I wanted. Right. Wouldn't he, don't you think he'd be motivated at at minimum, whether or not their games mesh at minimum, wouldn't he be motivated at least for the rest of this season 
almost, you know, you know, it's kind of like not exact, not, not, not an exact comparison. Kind of like Odell Beckham. When the Browns gave him his wish and Odell had everything to prove and every reason to fall in line with the Rams culture, even if Odell might have been some of the things people thought he was in New York and Cleveland. Let's say for argument's right. sake, he did have those shortcomings. He was going to be on his best behavior in LA. He was going to fit in. He was not going to cry about targets. He was going to be a team player because he had so much on the line. You would think that Harden would realize like, you know, I'm playing with, in some people's opinion, the best player in the world right now. We talked about that earlier, Mike, maybe the MVP right now. If this doesn't work, it's going to be on me if this doesn't work. So I would like to think that he'd be self-aware enough to realize that. Yeah, self-aware. What rhymes with self-aware? Care. (laughs) I don't think he cares. (laughs) I don't think he Mm. cares uh, of how, you know, it looks and if it's on him. Because even if it is on him, he'll spin it and he'll make it about Doc or Daryl Morey or Embiid, Philly fans, something. He'll blame somebody else. That's what he does. I think it's back to what you said, Michael Smith. Uh, He's looking for somebody. He's looking for it to be somebody else's fault. And he's going to keep searching until it's clearly somebody else's fault. That's why I think this trade is so interesting because it's really an uh, exchange of villains in, in so many respects. Yeah. 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 No, it's. Yeah. Here's here's more. Here's somebody oh, else from uh, who got who got who got pissed off. This is this is clearly a Philly fan. First, Ben Simmons tried to trade me. Uh, First, Ben Simmons tried trade me four years with uh, uh, four years left of my contract. Excuse me, y'all. Then he tried show showing up and not responding to coaching. Then he tried giving my money back. Then he tried I have mental health issues and I want my money back. So yeah, he's full of crap. This is somebody who's clearly hurt by Ben Simmons. Well, um, yeah, and it, it, I think it's connected to our conversation too. Yeah, I'm about to say that sounds like a lot like what you said, Michael. Yeah, the, the, the skepticism that I have about, uh, you know, Ben Simmons. And, you know, look, I, here's the other thing, Mike and, and Brandon. Are, are we going here? How far do we take it when we say, if we're, if we're not willing to be specific, because we've all said it, we've said this many times on the show, mental health is not really a specific, that's not a specific way of talking about an issue. I think it's we too need broad to be more term. specific. Yeah. It is way too broad. Yeah. So, if somebody wants to take advantage of that and not saying that Ben Simmons is like this, but how far do we take it? If if there's somebody that we don't necessarily respect, if they don't have the politics that we have, or if they don't have the worldview that we have, and they say, hey, mental health, are we supposed to back off? Is that, that, that that's the boundary. I just, that, that's your, there's your asylum right there. I get I, I get asylum. I get immunity. If I say mental health, you know, stay away from me. No matter right, what so I'm talking about. Let me let me right? try this. Let me try. Let me try. Are we this. Going there? Let me get this a shot. This may this this may or may not work, but I'm gonna give it a try anyway. Do you know how when you give money to somebody on the street? It's not your job to determine what they do with that money. You know what I mean? So if they take it and go buy whatever instead of buying food. That's not your place to judge that you gave them that money out of the goodness of your heart. Try to help somebody in a bad situation. The reason I bring that up is yo, I give me back a new point. Of, 
Let me get it back in Newport. <laughs> the reason I bring that up, I think in the case of mental of the mental health conversation is it's not our job to get inside of somebody's head or somebody's heart even and determine their sincerity. I think what it is, if we if we're going to extend compassion much in the same way okay. we extend a $20 bill, we extend that compassion and if they're abusing it, that's on them. I, like okay. I said yesterday, so, I'd rather be that, I'd rather be on the right side of this issue and somebody make a fool out of me than judging somebody who claims to have a mental health issue and not displaying the proper amount of compassion. And, I'd rather, and I'd rather be conservative and, 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 on this. And you're going to do Well, speaking of conservative, you're going to go that with everything. So, for example, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but I think he was the 45th president of the United States. And if he starts saying, hey, some of the decisions that I made, well, I got to tell you, I have mental health issues. Well, that's, that's different. What? That's completely different. Oh, why is that different? No, why is that different? Well, because, because, because the, well, first of all, without saying his name, clearly he does have emotional and psychological issues. That's not, that's, that's not a stretch. He didn't have to say it for us to know it. Right. The well-being of an it, entire nation, the well-being of an entire nation and that of an entire planet for that, for that matter is at the mercy of his decision-making. Ben Simmons didn't hurt anybody. Which ben Simmons didn't cost more... hundreds of thousands of lives, so I think that's too. I think that's a that's a separate set of circumstances. It's like okay, well, sure, but it, it, theoretically, it, it's why you should be more compassionate, though. <laughs> okay, but if, if if because of all the responsibility, because of all of the power, and this is somebody yeah, who's nice conflicted try. and nice try, but no, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, I mean, no, like no, 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 because because this is what it's not even a try. Because somebody somebody I'm playing basketball. No, it's not a position of leadership to, and authority. What I'm coming back to, Brandon and Michael, is that I don't think it is an automatic boundary. I think at times, mm -hmm. and I'm inclined to say, if I had to guess, I think Ben Simmons is using it in this way. It is used as a defense. Okay, leave me alone. Leave me alone. So I think he's throwing it right. out there. And, and as I said to you, because, and, and I, as I've yeah. said to you plenty of times, I know you're not alone. That comment support you. I'm probably in the minority. I know you're not alone on that, and I don't think it's unfair. I'm just telling you how I choose to go about it, Mike. You know what I mean? And 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 I feel better erring on the side of caution. For what it's worth, and maybe he's just trying to say the right thing for once. Daryl Morey says he believes Ben Simmons, and even if we don't believe Ben Simmons. Is that does it matter what we believe or not? What matters is no, his happiness and his health. And he doesn't owe us more of an explanation than he gave. So anyway, Brandon, good to see you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Hey, smoke the mic like smoking Joe Frazier, the Hellraiser. See what I'm saying? Just gotta get that. Swing it through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Inspect the deck. I smoke on the mic like smoking Joe Frazier, the Hellraiser. Code red. Danger. Man, bruh, telling you. Hold his verses. Inspect the deck. Mm. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Once again, the NFL is drawing more attention by not giving the requisite attention to a scandal. Uh, their silence is deafening. So the latest is that the Cowboys reportedly paid $2.4 million to settle allegations of locker room voyeurism on the part of now retired uh, public relations executive, longtime public relations executive Rich Dalrymple. Um, and their initial reaction was, it's a club matter. Well, they're all club matters outside of you know, the Park Avenue offices, so don't know what that necessarily means. And then today, they reiterated that the league is not going to open an investigation into the handling of these allegations, which uh, were significant enough and substantial enough to warrant a $2.4 million settlement, Charles Robinson. Um, good to see you again. Uh, your reaction to this story, your insight into this story and the league's mm -hmm. curious decision uh, to stand on the sidelines. Okay, so um, I've repeated this several times and I'm going to keep banging this drum until the league says something about it, does something about it. Back when the Carolina Panthers were investigated by Mary Jo White, okay? Um, SEC chair, um, very highly respected attorney, does this, this investigation in the Panthers comes out afterward, and this is the last time the NFL has come out and said, here are the findings. We have findings. Here's what the investigator said. Here's what was written. Here's a, a written um, assessment of this situation. And this is probably the reason why this was the last time we had that happen. Mary Jo White comes out and she says, here's what you need to do to fix this. You need to have a specific prohibition of using non-disclosure agreements to limit reporting of potential violations or cooperation in league investigations under the personal conduct policy. And then beyond that, you have to have a specific requirement that claims of workplace misconduct issues are always reported to the league office under the personal conduct policy. In other words, it's not just a team issue. It is a league issue. The NFL said, we'll take that under advisement. Since then, no clue whatsoever what that advisement led to. But since then, we found out Washington has employed NDAs. The Dallas Cowboys have employed NDAs. Um, we believe other teams have employed NDAs as part of doing their regular working business. This is, this is part of uh, when you listen to the Washington situation and then even this Dallas situation. You're, you have people who are out there saying, X culture existed or X incident happened, um, a settlement occurred, and then NDAs were signed, and that was it. And now it has to come to light, you know, through some other avenue. It's it's an NDA problem, okay? Like, the, the league continues to allow ownership to cut NDAs and not, um, not force owners to say, here is the NDA we have on file for this incident. And... There's no push for that. There's no push for owners to have to come to the league office and say, hey, we're cutting an NDA. We're letting you know. Um, that's now part of the provisions of being an owner in the NFL is that we have to alert you to NDAs and the the incidents or the alleged incidents that they're tied to um, and how that may affect the personal conduct policy. So that's where we are. That's why this happens with Dallas. Yeah. That's why it happens with Washington. 
All right, well, well, quick follow-up, Charles, and feel free to add your own reason, possible reason. I'm thinking, are the Cowboys afraid of what Rich Dalrymple might say if they don't protect him? Or do the Cowboys simply, because it's in their nature, want to protect Rich Dalrymple because he's one of theirs, and they want to protect this culture or any knowledge, any inside knowledge of this culture that either does or one time did exist uh, in that organization. Rich was in a position of power in Dallas for 30 plus years, okay? I can't speak to what Rich does or doesn't know, but any organization, we've all worked for organizations, okay? I've worked at Yahoo 18 years. I guarantee I know some things other people don't know, okay? Um, $2.4 million in a settlement is a lot of money, okay? That's a lot, especially for um, something allegedly involving your head of communications. A lot of people get fired in the NFL, especially um, the head of communications departments, get fired a lot. Um, there's a lot of turnover. Rich Dalrymple had never turned over there in Dallas for whatever reason. I mean, whether it was out of loyalty, whether it was out of, um, you know, Rich, Rich spearheaded getting Jerry Jones uh, into the Hall of Fame a few years ago. That was very much something that Rich influenced with a lot of, writers, a lot of Hall of Fame voters, um, a lot of media trying to get Jerry out there and, you know, get an owner in before an owner passes away. Um, I can't speak to why you would pay out that kind of money, allegedly, to make something go away. And, and whether that's just out of loyalty or out of protecting both this person and yourself. But let's think about the Washington situation. It's been suggested um, that the reason why the league is protecting the Washington investigation the way it is, and Dan Snyder, the way they are, is largely because it is a, a self-preservation mode as well. Um, there are always certain individuals inside organizations, and I'm not saying this is Rich Dalrymple, but just uh, the case in point is that every organization, there are individuals who tend to know a lot of things. We always, in, in our field, we say they know where the bodies are buried. And those individuals typically get a high level of protection. So $2.4 million feels like, like a lot of money to pay just out of loyalty. Hmm. Um, where's this Alvin Kamara situation going? I saw uh, one of the Chiefs players uh, who, was, mm. who was with him, I believe, mm -hmm. turned himself in. Right. Um, where's the Kamara? The Kamara is obviously the big name. Right. Um, where's this Alvin Kamara situation going to go? It's going to get litigated, but I mean, there's, there's, uh, I think the NFL is going to take the back seat, let it, it play out um, because it's, it, it appears to be on a track to prosecution. And then at that point, the NFL will look at it under the personal conduct policy. And, and if a suspension is warranted, there will be a suspension. There will be um, something in relation to the personal conduct policy, but the NFL is definitely taking more of a track that when, um, law enforcement becomes involved and it is an investigation that may be moving toward active prosecution, or at least there's a question, could this become active prosecution? Um, the NFL has now chosen to take a back seat and say, all right, let it play out and then we'll decide what, what applies to this situation. Just like Deshaun Watson, they've said, we don't want to trip up any, any investigation. We'll let it unfold. And then when all the cards are on the table, we'll make a decision. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't, uh, Charles, uh, we didn't have a chance to, Bless you. Uh, we didn't have a chance to catch up with you after the Super Bowl. Uh, so here it is. Uh, great game, great halftime show, but I want to ask you about the game. 
uh, are there two or three things that you took away from that that result that you want to share with us? At least two or three. I know there's probably like ten or fifteen, but two or three things right. that you walk away from there saying, "Man, that was really interesting," uh, and it's sticking with you. What what are what are a couple of those things? Well, Michael Smith and I talked about it the next day, like pay Aaron Donald, like make sure he's not the fifth highest paid defender in the NFL. Like that's yeah. where I heard, I heard you guys talking about this. I mean, it's definitely a, Hey, could use a bump. I got three more years left on this underpaid contract and I'm clearly uh, pound for pound, the best player in the NFL. And, and probably I'm in the Lawrence Taylor, uh, Joe green, um, Reggie White conversation, like he has entered that. Yeah. You realize no. Well, here's an interesting thing about Aaron Donald. I didn't know. No NFL defender in history has made seven consecutive AP All Pro first teams. No, no defender except for Aaron Donald. He's the wow. first one in wow. history. That's crazy to do that. Yeah, that's a stat. Very, that's that's a mind blowing stat. Have he and Sean McVay said enough this week to convince you that neither is walking away? Why are you yeah, on the subject of, of okay? Cool. Yeah, McVeigh. Look, McVeigh. It's the same situation. Okay, I think McVeigh. Again, coach. Coaching figures are always spotty. I don't. I have no idea why we can nail down uh, player figures so easily, but it's so difficult to nail down coaching figures. But um, you know, McVeigh's in like the eight point five to nine million dollar range. He now is looking at fourteen to fifteen. Like he's in that upper echelon. So he's young. He's earned this Super Bowl. He's been to two with two different quarterbacks. Um, he's he's due a bump and so i also think that's part of that i don't i don't you know let the money guide you okay when when nothing else makes sense hmm. so you're like aaron donald 31 is going to retire does that make sense no so think about what else is in play you know sean mcveigh youngest you know coach ever in history to win a, a super bowl and probably the only coach frankly who has an, a, a chance to make a run maybe at bill belichick say if he coaches another 25 years sean mcveigh could make a run at, at the success bill belichick has had um, it doesn't make sense that, that someone will walk away at that point. Like, if, unless there's just massive burnout or injuries, you know, we're talking about like Andrew Luck or um, Dick Vermeil. Like, do you see him breaking down crying like Dick Vermeil? Do we see, you know, Aaron Donald? All I see with Aaron Donald is a, a man who I never want Dawn to see him with his shirt off. Let's avoid the parade. <laughs> Oh man, it's impressive. <laughs> um, and did you? And did, and there was there one other nugget or note um, um, that you wanted to stress from the Super Bowl before we move on? Uh, <clears throat> you know, we probably should give Cooper Cup um, some due here. Uh, uh, he played 21 games this season. Okay, 2,425 mm -hmm. yards receiving. Um, Stupid. Just a, just an insane season. In 21, remember 21 games of availability, 2,425 yards, got an MVP vote, um, AP Offensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl MVP. I mm -hmm. I also thought at the end of that game there was a little bit of recency because I was like, wow, Aaron Donald literally just ended the game. He's probably the Super Bowl MVP. And then when I sat and I thought about it, and you and you also listen to Cincinnati defenders talk about what they did when OBJ went out, they were like, you know, right. we just dumped it all on on Cooper Cup. And yet, in that final right. definitive drive, they couldn't stop him. He's well. He deserves some respect on his name. There's no question. Well, a couple of things. He was a rightful MVP. They should have, at minimum, right. been co-MVPs. But I wouldn't. Have how him. can you vote? Right. But how can you vote for MVP of the game 
if the game ain't over. And especially right. if yeah. like if the, the last two minutes of the game is going to decide a close game. Not a fan. It's like, I'm not a fan. You, 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 you know, you think that the person, you know, who's, who, you know, who, who has a hand and, 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 bo- and they both did, you know, but you think that, you know, let's see the entire game play out. That'd be like giving an MVP award, you know, after week 13. It's like, well, yeah, it there's a couple sense. more games left. When, you know, when it, when it really yeah. matters, let's see what happens, you know? It's who would have won, that's, that's who won for Cincinnati? Who would have won it for Cincinnati? You know? Mm. It'd have probably know. been Burrow. I don't know, but he, not. No, but, 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 but I mean, that, but I'm strictly, just, I'm strictly talking about the Aaron Donald part. But, but real quick yeah. on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on, uh, on Cooper Cup, the amazing thing about his season was, is almost like him and, and his, uh, his game. It's just, it's so steady. It's not maybe as spectacular as some other wide receivers, but his week in and week out consistency because he didn't have yeah. any like record setting individual weeks. He didn't have like a 300 yard week. Yeah. yeah, he just kept having like, you know, 10, 10 catches and 120 yards, 130 yards and, right. and two touchdowns or something Here's- like that or, or, or seven for 90 on, on an off day. You and know. here's the thing too, like he is the guy that teams were like, okay, well, let's take Cooper Cup out of the equation and get someone else. And by the way, let's not forget over the top against the the Buccaneers. That's also one of the things when I was watching the Super Bowl, I was like, man, <laughs> like the Buccaneers are probably sitting here going zero blitz <laughs> probably cost us <laughs> maybe a shot at, at getting to the Super Bowl. That's um, exactly oh, right. Oh, you know, you know something. Uh, uh, here's something for you. Okay, I'm gonna give you a little something to chew on here. So Tom Brady retires, right? Collins, um, I thought it was about it, that. I, I thought it was interesting. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly right. retires. We'll, right? we'll get, we'll, we'll get, we'll unpack that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Quarterbacks yeah. coach though for the Buccaneers, Clyde Christensen, comes out. He's on a podcast, and and he gets asked about the what happened with Antonio Brown. He said something I thought was really interesting. He said, what was, and I'm paraphrasing him here. He said, what was really unfortunate about was how quickly it escalated and the fact that it didn't occur between series. And I think he was strongly insinuating that that would have been a completely different, you know, turnout if Tom Brady had not been on the field when it happened. That if Tom Brady had been on the sideline and also, I wonder if Tom might admit he would have liked an opportunity to mediate, you know, to not have oh, BA yeah. just blow up right. and say, just unilaterally decide. Yeah. 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 Is, I'm, yeah. I'm making yeah. the call for the GM and the yeah. quarterback. And yeah. we all made this call yeah. together to, to get right. this. I'm a unilaterally right. blow it up. Tom probably would have liked an opportunity. Which is, to I don't doubt it, which is why I think and it, there's probably a lot of things going into it, but it's why I think it took so long from that blow up on Sunday to finally release him later in right. the week. But speaking of which there was another report um, and this one is from rich Michael. You remember rich Ornberger? Remember that? Oh, name? yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Offensive lineman, right? Yeah. So apparently he works for Fox yeah. Sports now and he said that yeah. he's heard some things recently that there was some tension between Brady and Arians and among Brady Arians and Leftwich. not that that was the deciding factor in Brady's alleged retirement is so-called retirement, but he's just saying, hey, this is just something else. So I don't believe he's done. Uh, Michael believes he's done. I'm gonna ask mm. you like this. How long before Tom Brady is a San Francisco 49er? Because that's where this is. 
Uh, listen, when when that whole uh, when the first of the two retirements happened, I thought it was interesting because Tony Romo came out. Tony knows Tom, okay, and Tony Romo comes out and he says he's on like a morning show, and he says, uh, speaking from an experienced standpoint, right? Somebody walked away from the game when he could have kept playing. Tony could have said, "Hey, go ahead, trade me. I'll go play for the Texans or whoever else." Um, but he but he walked. And Tony said he didn't think Tom was done. Like he was like, you know, he basically paraphrasing again, like he was basically like, don't, you know, I'm going to sound crazy here, but I think there's like a Michael Jordan comeback that's going to happen here. Like he was like, basically that Tom leaving at his peak, knowing he could still do it, um, given some time away that there's still going to be that urge there. And he basically said at this point, Tom didn't have anything to conquer when he, when he hung it up because if they had won another Super Bowl, Tom could have said, well, no one's ever won three in a row. So we could do that. Yeah. I'm going to stick around for another year to win three in a row. But when you get knocked out of the playoffs like that, Tony was like, he didn't really have a mountain to climb, but take a year off. Now there's a mountain to climb because everyone's going to go, no way. Yeah, that's cause, crazy. Cause, well, because yeah. now, now you've given Father Time, uh, 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 you know, you're giving right. him a boost. Like, all right, I, yeah, I already Tom, kicked your ass, you know, so now yeah. I'll take a break, Father Time, and then I'm going to come back and, we and meet would. you when we, I'm older. Here, and here's the thing about this. That. Yeah. All three of us would sit here and go, what the hell is Tom doing? Like 46? You can't come back after a year off 46. Yeah. And then I'm like, right, right, oh, right. that's oh, oh, that's right. That's how this whole career has been. Like, oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Oh, you can't. He said, I'm gonna play into my 40s. We we're like, 40s? You said, I'm gonna play till I'm 45. Like 45. Like right. everything is like, you can't do that. And then he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna. So he's not gonna play until he's 50. He's gonna play at 50. <laughs> right, that's, yeah, that's, right. that's 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 how Maybe. I see. Hey, yeah. hey, you know what? And, and you know what? I can I can imagine his wife saying, "You've never had to climb the hill of your wife saying I'm out if you do." Okay. It. So okay, it's go fair. ahead, go ahead, because I think that I think that is on the table. If he he wants to stay married, he'll stay retired. Yeah, this, I think it's that you know, serious. I really that's do. fair. It, it might it might be that serious. I mean, there's no question. One one I will put this real quick. And someone when Parcells kept coming back, I was talking to somebody in the league once who's really close to Bill. And he said to me, he likened the NFL to a train. And he said, most of us get thrown off the train. Like we don't get a, a choice. We're just tossed and it's over. The train leaves yeah. without us. And then that's it. A spare few of us step off the train and then start to watch it leave when we know we can still get back on. And it's really hard to just go ahead and let it pull out of the station without us. And I always think of that. Like when someone walks, when they clearly have something left to give in the NFL, how hard is it going to be for them to watch that thing pull off and not, you know, jump on at the last second or go, Hey, I still got a chance here. Um, and so I, I thought about that with Tom. Well, you know what, uh, Charles, you know, Mike said something very casually like, Hey, you know, Tom Brady, a 49er. I don't think that's a great fit. How about you? It is, uh, <laughs> Wait, he and Kyle oh, would be interesting. Why, 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 why you think about why while you think about that, Charles? Process that for a second, Michael. I need you to just elaborate on the question, the premise. No, no I'm gonna. I'm, 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 but where we'll, we'll where would Charles, Tom, you said Charles? No, you said no, I'm gonna I don't let you think. Cook. I'm gonna let. I don't think Charles that's a was great thinking. Fit. Now, I why don't you think it's a great fit? It wasn't a Sawatsky. Why don't you think it's a great fit? It was. It no, was no, no, not but I'm, I'm, I'm Sawatsky. It had opinion in there. No, no. Why? No, I'm talking. Where would Tom Brady not be a great fit? Hey. Hey, hey, so block him out, block him out. Two boxes, You don't even know why. You don't even know why. That's why. I do know why. I do know why. And Charles is about to tell you. Why is he a great fit? It starts with Kyle. 
It starts with Kyle and it ends with Shanahan. And let's add on uh, that they moved well, up you. for a quarterback who they're going to let him play. But, but anyway, I'm, I'm asking Charles so a question. Was that so hard? I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Charles. You were saying Charles. Kyle, Charles. you just ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> Charles, what Kyle. were you saying? Go ahead. Kyle diff Kyle's difficult. <laughs> like it is. Like it's Kyle, it's, it's true. Like Kyle is a very difficult. I mean, he, look, he is a. He's a he's a tough coach to play for. Like he really, he's very demanding, and he's very. Um, he doesn't take long to make an assessment and go, okay, I feel like like we're we're going to be able to do it or not, you know, with this with this person. It was like when they lost in the Super Bowl, Jimmy. Right. Pretty quickly afterward, you're hearing like, I don't know, like Kyle kind of questioning whether or not like this is the guy. And I'm like, you just lost in the Super Bowl. Like, are you kidding me? Like, is he, he's questioning if he's the guy or not? And I didn't know how legitimate that was. And then obviously, as the next couple of years unfolded, it was pretty clear he was questioning. And I think it did go back to that Super Bowl. Um, and so there's a little bit of now. Now, here's the question, though. McVeigh made the same call on Goff. Was like, hey, and then it was like Stafford came in, and was McVeigh going to be okay with Stafford being slightly um, beyond his control? That was one of the things I talked to McVeigh about in the summer. We were talking about quarterbacks, and he said, "You kind of want those guys to grow beyond your control a little bit. That's a good thing. Like that's a you, but you also have to be able to allow them to do that." And Tom is Kyle could not micromanage Tom. He couldn't. It's going to be the opposite. Like Tom's going to go, I'm going to micromanage the offense. I'm going to micromanage the players. And Kyle's going to have to take a step back. I don't know if that's really in his nature to be able to do that, even with Tom Brady. I just referenced, I just referenced the tension with Bruce Arians. So there was any, any early on, Tom had the Bruce Arians struggles, which a lot of quarterbacks do in their yeah. first year. And Bruce called him on it a couple of times. <laughs> he did. And we and, and even during that Super Bowl season, we thought this this ain't working until it did. Right. If Kyle and you right. mentioned you mentioned uh, McVay being challenged by Stafford, if Kyle Shanahan would let his ego stand in between the opportunity to put your team in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, that's, that's just lame. It, okay, it's, okay, it's, okay, so, so, so my question would be: Is it a bad fit on the part of like you're telling me that Kyle Shanahan wouldn't want him, or Brady wouldn't want to have to put him in his place, or both? Um. I can't speak to either, but here's the thing about uh, about Kyle. He's never given that opportunity. Like, when has Kyle been given the opportunity to work with, like, Tom Brady, a, a like, someone who is very capable of literally running your entire offense, installing your entire yeah. offense, shaping the culture, all these different I – I don't know, like, if Kyle can, can step back and go, hey, I'm good with this. Now, you've mentioned Arians. What changed? Okay, go back to the Super Bowl winning season that bye week they threw in like Arians was like whatever he wants changed we're doing like that's what we're going to do like this bye week we're going to retool it fix it whatever tweaks got to be made and and Tom very much was brought into the fold on reshaping some of the things that needed to be altered in the offense or tweaked or what he liked that was working what wasn't need to be thrown out you know I I don't know um I can only say that historically speaking you know, Kyle's very demanding. Um, it taxes quarterbacks. And sometimes when you get quarterbacks who are of a certain age and of a certain accomplishment, they don't, they, they are like, Hey, I got it. Okay. I got it. Don't, don't sweat it. And, and here, here's a really good example. Rogers Rogers goes to green Bay or Rogers in green Bay. Matt LaFleur goes to green Bay and 
LaFleur had this penchant where he didn't he never liked to run two plays in a row. Okay, the same play in a row. Like we don't we don't run the same play twice. And Rogers was like, no, we can do that. Like we can have success. Don't sweat it. We can have success running the same play in, you know, consecutively. And LaFleur was like, okay, like this dude clearly has earned it. And they had a lot of success with that little tweet. That's kind of the thing that Tom would be like, here's what we're gonna do that's gonna work. Just let me handle it. And can Kyle adjust to that? That's that's just my question. Hmm. I'm not saying he can't. Yeah. I'm just saying it's yeah. a question. Now listen, hey, hey Charles and, and Michael, you know, maybe the rest of the league was just totally out of it three years ago or two years ago, actually, March of 2020. But we talk about Tom Brady now. Hey, who wouldn't want Tom Brady? Who wouldn't want Tom Brady? He's talked about it. That's why he went on the shop and was cussing in the barbershop. You know, like you go keep you go roll with that MF because Tom Brady was a free agent, didn't need to trade for him. And the only market he had was two teams. It was it was Tampa and somebody else. Maybe then, maybe the Chargers, maybe coming off maybe. of that season. Okay. You don't think you don't think teams and, would have learned their and, lesson? And let me tell you, listen, how did they not learn their lessons about the previous, at that point, 18, 20, like 20 years? So the greatest coach of all time made that mistake, and then everybody else followed. Now, two years older, yes, better in 2021 than he was in 2019, but he's two years older. I, I, I don't think there's going to be like a half dozen teams Coming, coming for okay, Tom Brady. Man. I just don't see it. <laughs> okay. Okay. We just showed a graphic. Right. He was the number. He was the number one ranked quarterback that started last year. Yeah. They, and, they, nobody and would be made. They would be a, that foolish as to say no thanks, can, Tom. We're all set. Listen, I can and, tell and you this. Does Houston want him? Does Jacksonville want him? And I'm not well, saying they're well, great teams either. Them. Well, he don't okay, want right. Them. So it's we'll not a half dozen. And then it, then it won't be the bank. It won't be the Bengals. It won't be the Chargers. It won't be the Niners. It won't be the Raiders. I mean, they, you know, it's there are a lot of teams that it won't be the Patriots. All right, you tell me, Charles. You about to say something before we move on? <laughs> I mean, nobody. Uh, here's there's there is a um, there is a disease of we don't want him, but is he available? <laughs> like you know, like that can change. There are teams out there that are like, yeah, we don't need him, but then it's like man, but we're close, you know, like I, if I, here's what I would question the 49ers organization. 49ers might look at Tom and go, maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's worth taking another two years with this kid. Yeah. We, we traded a lot for him, but who cares? We won a super bowl. Cool. That's all I'm saying. Like we get, we get, we get, we get a, like, what, what's the worst thing that happened? He spent two, you know, he spent his sophomore and junior years behind Tom Brady. There are worse things in the world than to have our number three overall pick who didn't even play but one game his last year in college sit behind, you know, the greatest quarterback ever who can teach him things and how to prepare. And we can still use that guy in packages. Like, we can, I, it wouldn't be a tough sell. I can tell you that. Like, I don't think it would be a tough sell, particularly outwardly from the organization no. because they go, yeah, we could probably win a Super Bowl it's right just, now. It's completely justifiable. Completely justifiable. It's like, hey, you know what? Something changed. As in, the guy wanted to come home and finish his career with the team he grew up rooting for. Last thing I got for you, Michael, uh, you, 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 I don't know if you have anything else. This is the last thing I got for you. Would be uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Is is where is where does this Kyler Murray story Ooh. go and eventually end? You know, Kyler spoke and he didn't really say anything. You know, it was very, uh, you know, I'm not about that nonsense type stuff. But it wasn't, you know. Um, 
I don't like what's coming out of there. Okay. The super, the Super Bowl Sunday drop of like leadership, that question about leadership, that sort of thing is not great to have anyone in the organization or on the team or in the quarterback room or wherever else. Um, and, and I'll give you an example. Like when that came out, I had a couple of people in the league, we were texting about Kyler and they kind of offered suggestions of who, who said that they're like, Hey, look at this guy and look at his history and look at the kind of things that came out about the quarterbacks when this person was on the team. I think it's this person who's saying this, that's just not, you don't want that in, in your organization. And remember they both have the same agent, Kyler Murray and, and the head coach, um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury had the same agent. So hmm. it's not good for Cliff Kingsbury for this to come out about Kyler. It's not good for, um, it's not good for Kyler. Like, it's just, it's not great. I thought it was more contract related because it's like, okay, this is when you would start to talk about that extension. And maybe that's sl a slow roll right now. A little bit. It's got a little Lamar Jackson in it where we assumed it would be done after three and maybe it's going to end up after four. But um, yeah, it's, that is going to be the story of the offseason. I feel like one of the big stories of the offseason that will linger right into training camp, I think, will be Kyler Murray. Hmm. No doubt. Appreciate you emptying the notebook with us. <clears throat> Excuse me. So sorry. I apologize. Uh, uh, thank you, Charles. Good to talk 19, to you. 1995, Charles Robinson Sr. in high school. Shadow boxing comes out. Method man. Oh. <laughs> Break it down you to the bone bristle. To the bristle. Still speaking scum missile. He's speaking Johnny Blazing nightmares like Wes Craven. <laughs> My third eye see it coming before it happened. Before yeah. it happened. Photograph. Thank you. Oh. Love it. All right, guys. Thank you. So we love you, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, that bird's locked and loaded. He was like, if I don't oh, get nothing Robinson. off of this appearance, I'm oh, dropping. Get that song. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow, he was shadow boxing. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Obviously, I'm sick of it to see uh, AD go down um, in that fashion. Um, you know, always fine. Um, I mean, obviously, I know he's not like great but it's just you know obviously his health is most important for him individually for our ball club and uh you know i've seen it too many times obviously so i'm just wishing him the best and uh i mean it's still a game need to be played at the end of the day and uh and i still have to make plays and to try to help us win i was able to do that but i saw him at halftime and uh and i hated to see him in that fashion anytime you see a guy with crutches it's not a good good sign so um and the good thing is he'll be a lot better when we come back than he is tonight. No matter where he is, he'll be better a week from today, you know, when we all come back or when those guys come back. I won't be back yet. Um, so, uh, you know, time heals all. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's an unfortunate play, unfortunate event. And, you know, he'll get back, um, you know, obviously as soon as he can. But, uh, 
nothing to rush. You know what, fellas? He seems exhausted. And being His Excellency can be exhausting, especially when you have to monitor the health every, it's like the stock market. You really got to do it every day. You got to do it every day. Michael Smith, Vinnie Goodwill. What's up with Anthony Davis today? I saw him last night. He was fine. How about this morning? I saw him at shoot around. It's game time. How's he doing now? And so now with Anthony Davis, it is at least another month uh, that he'll be out. And that's the, that's a critical time, Vinny. I mean, Lakers have pre played pretty much 60 games. Regular season's almost over. They're a play-in team. What do you make of today's episode of what's going on with Anthony Davis? And maybe we should stop talking about the Lakers until they do something that's worth them talk talking about. Like, at, at this point, we keep trying to use these temp poles. Anthony Davis gets hurt. Is this going to be the thing that, you know, galvanizes the Lakers? Wait, haven't we seen that movie already? You know, and, and at this point, yeah, LeBron is exhausted, but partially this is a situation of his own creation. Like, he brought Anthony Davis to L.A. He brought Russell Westbrook to L.A. These are, not to say that he's the GM, but he's heavily influenced a lot of these personnel moves that haven't worked out or have only worked out to a certain extent. Like this will be, you know, this is his, you know, fourth year in LA and it doesn't seem like he's been there four years, but this is his fourth year. And short of that bubble championship that they won, you won't be able to get out of the first round or make the playoffs in the other three years. So maybe Anthony Davis being hurt is finally the time for us to say, maybe we should stop paying attention to the Lakers until they're worth paying attention to. But as long as number six is on the court, they're worth paying attention to. So I'll, I'll, I'll shift the conversation, not mm. from a can the Lakers contend, but can LeBron contend for more hardware? And here's what I mean, Vinny. So earlier we had our uh, completely unnecessary, but nonetheless requisite MVP <laughs> temperature check after Joel Embiid had another crazy game last night, right? We were talking about, yeah. you know, MVP ballot. If somebody put a proverbial gun in your head, and you had to have an MVP ballot right now. So LeBron James uh, is, is on a scoring streak like he's never had in his illustrious career. I think it's, what, 23 straight games, 22, 23 straight games, 25 or more points, averaging 29 with eight rebounds and six and a half assists this year, mm. all right? Can you see a world, Vinny, in which despite this situation being very much, you know, partly LeBron's doing in terms of the roster. Uh, but with Anthony Davis out, can you see a situation in which LeBron James forces his way into the legitimate MVP conversation, maybe forces his way on some people's ballots if he performs and drags this roster, this flawed roster, into beyond maybe play-in status? Maybe they end up six. Because the point being, Vinny, you can make a case for a lot of guys just based on numbers, whether that's Embiid, Giannis, and of course, Jokic, just based on numbers. But it's really going to come down to narrative. Can you see LeBron forcing us to include him in the MVP conversation with the way he's playing at this stage in his career? Explain to me how he can do that. Explain to me the narrative that that's created that allows LeBron. If he plays like this and he ends up like in the, in the sixth spot with this roster, or is, he, or, or is it just... 
is that giving him too much of a benefit of the doubt given the roster? That's that not realistic. I'm sorry, that's not okay. realistic. Like we're 55 okay. games into the season, we're at the All Star break, but it's well more, more than halfway into the season. You know what I mean? Like we're not okay. we're past the point of thinking that you aren't what you are, and the Lakers are what they are now. A very flawed bunch, and LeBron. Has, although he's never led the league in shot attempts, I think he's second if he were to technically statistically qualify. He'd be second to Luka Doncic right now. And we understand why Luka Doncic is taking all the shots that he's taking. Like LeBron statistically is always going to have that type of effect on the game, but he's not having that type of effect on winning. And there are way too many good to great players having great seasons that he can't even elbow himself, in my opinion, into a top five ballot. You'd have to go beyond Giannis and Jokic and Embiid. You have to go beyond Ja Morant, DeMar DeRozan, Stephen Curry. You yeah. have to go beyond all of that, even the Chris Pauls and Devin Bookers of the world. Like, I don't see a world where he's not that guy anymore. You know what I mean? We're, we're not even talking about the Kevin Durants. If Kevin Durant were to come back and elevate the Brooklyn Nets beyond where they are, I don't foresee a world where the Lakers do enough real tangible winning with the schedule that they have and LeBron playing the way that he's playing, that that can happen. I just think we kind of have to accept the fact that, you know, Santa Claus ain't real no more. Like, we're in year 19 yeah. for, for LeBron. Bro, watch our show, dog. Chill out. Come on, oh, man. My, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, change the subject, hey, Mike. Hurry like up. I say, change the subject. Like I say, up, like I say, he's subject. real in our. I, I, I've dealt with this. He's real in our house. You want to take your chances? That's what I always say. He's real in our house. So I usually ends the conversation. But let me ask you this: I, I think before the season, everybody knew that the Bulls were, were going to be improved, and by adding, you know, Lonzo and DeRozan. I mean, it's like a good. It's a good team, but the way DeRozan has done it has been a surprise. Uh, what what are your sources? Like, what are people saying about how DeRozan has done it? I mean, it's not like he's out of nowhere. He's a what four or five time All Star, but we've never seen him play like this. How how do you explain it? I think you just see a guy that focused on what he was really good at and maximizing that. Like, he's not a different player than he was when he was in Toronto, than he was when he went to San Antonio. And I think to some degree, we probably as a mass stopped paying attention to DeMar DeRozan because he was in San Antonio and we were paying attention to what Kawhi Leonard was doing. We, we kind of looked at DeRozan's playoff exploits or lack thereof and put him in the box. So what he did this year was, you know what? I'm going to master everything in the mid-range. If that's the spot that I'm getting my shots at, I'm going to go there. When you look at his highlights, you look at the way that he's playing, it's not anything spectacular. Like, his highlight tape isn't necessarily spectacular. It's just that he is maximizing <laughs> things that he is really, really good at, and he's not and he's not exposing himself. You know what I mean? Like, like he is hitting more mid-range jumpers. I think he's like 100 more mid-range jumpers than anybody else in the league this year. And the last guy wow. to do that, I believe, was like Michael Jordan in like 97. And the game was a lot different back then. But I think you're seeing... DeMar DeRozan played a game in a way that sort of belies the fact that you don't, it doesn't have to be cookie cutter. It doesn't have to be the way that the game is being taught now. It is basically saying, look, if you're good at 16 to 20 feet, you stay in that 16 to 20 feet box. You seem to be joining us from a, a lovely hotel room. Are you already in Cleveland? 
Well, you just said lovely hotel room and then Cleveland. Like, I don't know if that's lovely about Cleveland. That was so, that was so They got good hotels in Cleveland? Hey, hey, Marriott's in Cleveland? Hey, it's the same. The, fa- the, the family reunion, the Midwestern family reunion, Detroit and Cleveland are cousins. I know. Maybe second exactly. cousins. Like, why would somebody... We are far, we are far, far more glamorous than Cleveland. But y'all all no, share, but y'all all share the same Midwestern chip on your shoulder from people not giving y'all respect from the outside. Having said all that, all I was going to ask you <laughs> yeah. was the significance, and I know you spoke to Adam Silver about this. You did a lot of great work, uh, you know, with your conversation with Adam, Adam Silver has produced a lot of great content. If uh, the significance of, for you, I mean, we all know, you know, the All-Star Game has been dubbed the Black Super Bowl, uh, the All-Star Weekend dubbed the Black mm-hmm. Super Bowl. We know what it means as fans. We know it's the best All-Star event, but even as a, as, a, as a person who's embedded in the NBA world, as an NBA reporter, what's the significance two years since that you know, that all-star weekend in Chicago that I was at even um, before the pandemic hit the United States. What's the significance for you personally just being there and it being this convention again that it's always been where everybody's able to gather and see one another in person? I guess you want to say we're getting closer to a new normal, you know, closer to whatever this new normal is going to be. I'm sure there's going to be some changing of protocols. Uh, after All-Star Weekend. I think for me, the biggest thing was watching the Super Bowl week in L.A. and looking like, oh, yeah, everything is open, open. So you kind of brace yourself a little <laughs> bit, you know what I mean, to, to know what you're going to get into in Cleveland. And, yeah, you know, for people who don't remember, you know, the first time I heard the word coronavirus was in Chicago two years ago, and someone asked Adam Silver about that at his press conference. He said, you know, we're monitoring it. You know, our, our offices all overseas, you know, they're dealing with it over there. And we had no clue that that heat was on our doorstep or what that was going to feel like and what that was going to look like. And I know Adam Silver wants this All-Star Weekend to sort of bookend this two-year stretch. I just don't know if I will be in a world where I'm that naive again, where I will feel comfortable being around a whole bunch of stuff not nosed breathing all the air <laughs> on me folks you know what i mean like i just don't know if that innocence will ever be ever be there again but i do believe see that that see that that let, let me further know that got nothing to do with the pandemic you were germaphobe you were germaphobe before march of 2020 weren't you you like no, you don't I like a lot no, of people I wasn't. around you i wasn't oh, no you weren't okay all right i wasn't Mm-mm. Don't do me like Bottom that. Bottom line is, be safe, enjoy it. We will be living vicariously through you, even in Cleveland. As we go to break, give us the one yes. name that people are going to be talking about after this Put All-Star respect Weekend on Cleveland, festivities. Put some so respect on I mean, I could say Charles Barkley, considering I had drinks with him last night. Nice little, nice little. And he, and he bought, didn't he? That Charles, people got to understand about Charles Barkley. Always buys drinks for everybody. He paid the tab, didn't he? He paid the tab. Nice Man. flex. That's a Do you find it at all ironic that, you know, you were making your usual uh, snide remarks about Anthony Davis's availability and we'll see him in a month when we about to take another week off? <laughs> any, any, any bit of irony there? You know, perhaps, perhaps a little bit. 
I mean, um, the next time we do a live show will be February 28th. What's our excuse? I pray to the Lord. I pray to the Lord that I'm that I'm healthy. That I'm healthy. Did we turn our ankles? What, like, like, what reason do you have? Like, all he's doing is just going and sitting like down AD. talking. Are our vocal hey, cords man. healthy? Enjoy yourself, man. Love y'all. Enjoy yourself Take too, care. man. We, we deserve it. We earned it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.